Hey there, you're listening to Media Sales Mojo. I'm Philip Gabbard. And I'm Dave Burke. Thanks for joining us today to the podcast for Broadcast Media Sales Professional. Phil, you and I were talking uh, just a little bit earlier today about some of the uh, successes that we've had, some of the lessons that we've learned in our media sales There are lessons. There's lessons to be learned and to never be repeated again. And then there's some that are just worth sharing. Well, and that's the ones I want to talk about today. I love some successes that we've had. So why don't we start with what you've been able to do when you were and I were working together. You were in El Paso and you had a challenge regarding growth revenue at the stations. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're we're faced with this continual year over year expectation growth. And I've used this story for years. And it literally is one of those things that just happened in my career path that actually catapulted me to another level. But imagine for an account executive to plan for 30% growth. What would that look like, right? It would be frightening for most people. Yeah. Can I do that year over year? every year. And that's not reasonable. I don't want to say it's impossible, but most managers and most stations, and you look at the industry, Dave, it's plodding along at 1% year over year, 2% year over year growth. And let us not forget that most of us in the industry got slammed in 08 and slammed in 09 or slammed last year with significant revenue loss, loss of an account, loss of a station, some kind of revenue producing element. But my story basically went like this. If you plan for 3 or 4% growth year over year, the problem is you just might hit that goal. And that's unfortunate. So I have this whole, you know, I use way too many football analogies. I'm an old offensive lineman. That means I... So let me ask you, when you say you're an old offensive lineman, do you, is it, are you more old or are you more offensive? <laughs> <laughs> Think of it this way. Think of any famous offensive linemen. There's like hardly any because we're, we tend to be quiet. We are no glory guys. It is blocking and protecting and doing your job. So here I am years later and I'm looking at what if we were faced with a third down and 30 as a sales organization? What would we do? And so I just invented this idea and I shared it with my manager and my manager went, you're freaking crazy, man. And I said, look, I, I really think that we could create an environment where we grew by 30% in a year. If you do that, man, you're going to screw yourself for the next year. Your budget, the expectations are all going to increase. Yeah, but I'll still grow by 30%. Yeah. Well, as a manager, sometimes we instruct salespeople like, hey, you know, these are the expectations and we want to meet expectations. But what if we're behind? What if we are coming off of a bad year? Why couldn't we make a plan and prepare for a long view goal that we just might hit. And that's not scary. I took actually three or four months to pull this together with our staff. I had a staff of nine at the time and I individually talked with each one of them and and you got to break it down by account, right? So how can we plan for quantum growth? It's working with our best customers and it's working with our best ideas and it's working with our best opportunities on how could we do this? If we want to start breaking it down, an average AE has how many accounts, Dave? On the list? On air. On the air during a month? 15, 20? Between 10 and 20. Okay, so if you have an average order of four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000, if you're going to grow 30% in the amount of clients that you have on, and you average 20 accounts on air a month, then you really know that a 30% growth is just a few more accounts on air. Or, so if we're or a few to, more dollars per average order. Thank you. So 4%. is expected. And if you plan for what is expected, you just might hit it. My theory was, why not plan for 30% Mm -hmm. growth? That year, Dave, we failed. We did not hit 
30%, you'll remember. We did hit 24.7% year-over-year growth. No station changes, no new format changes, no new product changes. It was just built out of expectation Mm -hmm. of trying something greater than we were handed. It was a severe lesson for managers to learn across our industry back then. Like, holy crap, Gabbard just hit 24.7% year over year. Well, it started making other managers feel a little bad, but it also catapulted my career. They inked me out of El Paso and shipped me to LA. Right. You know, so those are those game changers that I wanted to share today because I think it's fascinating this industry we're in, where we can do it, we can break expectations. I hear AE saying, look at me, I hit 90 percent of my goal and i'm saying back to them i'm glad you're not my pilot yeah right you know <laughs> right exactly let me review some math with you phil given what you've just said so let's assume you're you're an account executive that's billing thirty thousand dollars a month whether it be tv or radio you're billing thirty thousand dollars a month and i bet a lot of account executives are in that range if you're in big markets you're doing a lot more if you're in small markets you're probably you're probably doing some something less but thirty thousand dollars a month in billing is typical for a lot of markets. So we want to grow 30% of the billing. So let's say we want to go from $30,000 a month to $40,000 a month, which is actually a little over 30%. Okay. So how do we do? Let's say that you're an account executive and you've got 15 accounts on the air on a month as typical. Yeah. So your average order would be what? Two grand? $2,000 average order on 15 accounts gives you the $30,000. All right. If you change that parameter to an average of 18 accounts on the air, three new accounts on the air, not new accounts every month, but you're going to have an average of 18 accounts, and those accounts bill $2,250. Seriously, I mean, is this not ridiculous math? $2,250 and your average monthly billing then becomes $40,500. So the incremental growth on number of accounts and average order can lead to tremendous growth for your own billing and for your own purse or pocketbook based on the commissions that you're going to get. And how simple is this math? Okay, so you can apply any AE, any manager listening, you can apply it to your own situations. These are small numbers, but again, it's expectation. What is expected? What keeps a sales manager in that job? Well, safe growth year over year, 4%. Hey, a lot of us, Dave, as managers, we look for scapegoats. You know, the economy sucked. This is happening. Yeah, we, happening. yeah the, the, the big biller cut the budget. And, and, so and that's and, why. And those are things you know, that you have to wrestle with. They're always happening. But you know what is not always happening? Planning for massive quantum growth. It's simple. It's not It's not simple. The conversation's simple. The expectation and the conversation and the dialogue with yourself, with your management team, managing up and managing down. All of those things are available to us. And this is what I want to cry out in my little lesson today is try to play big. It is third down and 30. We need a bigger play. We need a bigger plan. Why not? You know you're tough enough. You know you're good enough. You know you've got the product. And Dave, your illustration doesn't seem like that big of a step up. Well, that's that's my point. When you look at the whole thing and you say, you know what, we're going to grow 30% in local business this year, that seems to be a big bite at the elephant. But as yep. a, fr- a friend of mine refers to that as BHAG, B-H-A-G, what? big, hairy, audacious goals. There you, you go. Know, Great. Where you throw it on the table and you go, guess what, folks? Here's where we're going. But right. the, the other part of that equation is you have to have a roadmap to get there. 
You can't right. just lay it down in front of your sales team. Thanks you know, for saying that. Or, or being an account executive and saying, I want to boost my earnings this year to this amount. Okay, right. how am I going to get there? I'm very much a plan your work, work your plan type of person. Fair enough. Fair and enough. so you have to have some sort of plan. And to your point earlier, it's simple to plan. It's not easy to do. There's a difference yeah. between simple and easy. And you're talking about really going through the administering of your plan, the execution of your plan. And that's important in having those steps in there. And, and I just want to hitchhike on one thing you said, Dave, that you cannot be thrown this, here's your 30% growth plan. You're going to get all kinds of pushback if you're a manager and trying to deliver those news, that news, because you don't have buy-in it for every member on your team, for every person who is in my old football world, is somebody who's going to protect and who's going to block and who's going to seek no glory. These people want to, they want to win as a team. We can make it fun, but you can't hand over a 30% expectation because then you're going to get resentment and pushback and ultimately a letdown. So this doesn't have to happen by team. Any account manager in the world can grow and you can start growing and planning today. This can happen as a team, but a lot of us are self-identify as, hey, I'm in this to win this for me. I'm winning it for my family. Right. I need to make more money. This is the key. Do not plan for 4% year-over-year growth and think that you've done justice to yourself or to your family or to your bottom line. No, and to, and to get there, just to reiterate, you know, you really do need some data so that you can analyze your business. Remember, this yep. is your business. So right. if, you're, if you're owning your own business, you would be doing analysis all the time as to where the revenue is coming from, where the growth can be, how do I grow incrementally or, or massively, what's the plan? So I think that kind of review and analysis is necessary to get there. Part of growth is showing up, right? So yeah. tell me your story. Well. I tell this story frequently because it's one that still stings to this day. When I was an account executive, when I was first starting out as an account executive, there was a furniture store that was uh, some distance away from the metropolitan area that we served regularly, but it was on the way to some ski areas up in the Northeast that I also handled. So I had to drive up to the ski areas for schedules that ran during the wintertime for skiing. And then, of course, during the summertime when they had the water parks and the, the sightseeing and the camping and all that stuff open. And the, the, the roadway that would take me there literally drove right past this particular business. It was located on the road that took me to the ski areas. And my sales manager would tell me every time that I would go up there, hey, be sure to stop at this furniture store and go in and call on them. I know they use television in this adjacent market. I've never heard them on radio. Go see what they're doing. And I drove by that store and made a judgment from my car that they could not afford to use us effectively because the store looked like this old log cabin kind of thing. So you did curbside qualifying, right? Oh, man, did I ever. <laughs> from, from the dashboard, you know, drove by and was like, I am not stopping there. This place looks like not anything I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And I'd drive up and I'd come back and my sales manager would say, Dave, did you stop in? I go, you know, I did, but the manager wasn't in. I'll make sure right. to be up there next time. <laughs> and so the next time it was like, hey, did you stop in? Yeah, but he was at the furniture show in North Carolina and he's not going to be back for a week. And I never stopped. I made up excuses. <laughs> All right, let's get to the bottom line. You finally did call. 
So finally, I, I was out of excuses. I mean, I couldn't, I could, I, you know, I couldn't. No, he had the measles. I couldn't stop in. No. I, so finally, I did stop in and I met the owner who was there. Very nice man named Marshall. And he was uh, very pleasant. We had a, a terrific first meeting. I told him who I was. He was familiar with our station. We had a big radio station at the time. I asked him if he had ever done any advertising in our market. And he said no, but he had thought about it, but he hadn't done anything. And I said, well, let me try to put something together if you're open to it and bring you back a couple of ideas and, and uh, maybe some ways that you could use our, our station. He was like, okay, that'd be fine. So how were, I want to know, how were you feeling at this time? Now that you finally had the call and finally had the face-to-face, now, now I, I would love to have heard that story back to the manager. I was like, hey, he was finally in. And uh, <laughs> I, I felt two things. I felt excited because I know that it was a, a big enough business. And I felt like a dope for having driven by it for so long because once I got into the store, only a small portion of which you could see from the road. Right. That was the, the key. He showed me around the store. It was over 30,000 square feet. From the road, it looked like 1,500 square feet of... of, Like uh, a storefront, yeah. Of rocker recliners. But I had no idea it was that (laughs) big. And he was carrying big brand name stuff. So I came back about a week later and I had a presentation for him and I asked for, and this is, this was another, this is another important lesson. So there's really two lessons in this story. Okay. And I asked for a 60 day, a two month order totaling $2,500. I know it was a $2,500 schedule and it may have been, it may have been one month for $2,500. I can't remember, but I know it was $2,500. And he looked at the proposal and now I'm, I'm a little nervous because I, you know, I'm like, okay, what's, you know. And he looked at me and he said those three words that you'd love every client to tell you when they look at your proposal. He said, that's not enough. What? That I thought he was going to say like, let's do it. So he said, that's, that's not enough. That's not enough. He said, put together a six month, $25,000 package. Holy cow. And we'll run that and we'll see how it goes. Wow. So now I felt like a total dope. Right. You know, because I because now I've got a big piece of business that this guy's willing to do with us. And he ended up going on the air. It worked great. We forged a terrific relationship as I continued now to call on him. And he became my largest advertiser. Unbelievable. One of the largest advertisers on the station, not only during my tenure, but for years after I left. Wow. He expanded the store to 45,000 square feet because we had actually opened up a new market for him. And he became a a, a big, big success. And so the two lessons from this particular example in my life were qualifying from the curb cost me a lot of money. Yeah. Because I may have had this guy on the air a year or two years prior had I actually done something. And secondly, I never asked for a chicken little order again. That's what I call them. I call them you know what, little orders. Yeah. You know what came up for me, though, Dave, in this story? And I didn't, when we talked offline, you didn't tell the part about the order going up to $25,000. But right. what comes up for me is how many stores do we drive by? How many places do we not call on that? I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you think you're, you're going to, again, prejudge from the curb, from the, you know, from your car seat. I don't want to get off on this exit. You know, I went there last month or I went there last year or you're, you're, you're reliving some other story. But 
all of a, all of a sudden you show up. That's the takeaway. You show up and magic happens. Mm-hmm. If you plan to make these calls, magic happens. These stories, they are not guaranteed. What is guaranteed is if you don't make these calls, nothing happens. Nothing happens. That's right. And you fabricate bullshit stories to tell your manager or to put into CRM. This is... Well, it's, this, it's justification yeah. for a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reason why generally people don't make those calls is they don't want to be rejected. Sometimes you look at a business and you're like, they just don't have the money to be on our air effectively. I'm not going to waste my time. Right. You, re- you really don't know. At the same token, I understand how that comes up because I've been a, a victim of it myself. True. All I know is that when you do get in front of somebody, to your point, Phil, the magic happens face to face. And this is something that I think we we need to get around a little bit more today with the pervasiveness of email and yeah. um, and voicemail. A lot of business has a tendency to be done from the desk instead of face to face. And yeah. it's been my experience and your experience too, I'm sure, that you really have to get in front of people to find out if there's anything there that you can build upon. I it's, agree. It's difficult to do it over the phone. It's, it's it's even more difficult to do it via email. And so it takes time, it takes persistence, and it takes guts so that you can embrace the fear of rejection and walk in and go, I don't know if there's anything here, but I'm going to go find out. Well, Dave, let's put a pin in this one here. And I want to encourage our, our listeners to, one, share stories and to study success. So there's a lot of benefit in studying our best successes, your best successes, best successes of others. Um, sometimes we, we fall down this rabbit hole of, I tried it and I made that call one time and we just quit showing up. And that's where we lose that magic touch. But If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have super high paying contract gigs for me and Dave, if you have, (laughs) yeah, if you have questions or comments, reach out to us at askus at mediasalesmojo.com. That's askus at mediasalesmojo.com. I'm Philip Gabbard. And I'm Dave Burke. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. We appreciate having you with us. We hope you got some value out of our our ramblings today. Our little uh, share, yeah. Yeah, and good luck selling. We'll talk to you next time. You have been listening to Media Sales Mojo with Philip Gabbard and Dave Burke, two of the media industry's most experienced and creative media sales trainers, coaches, and thought leaders. Follow Dave and Phil socially on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Media Sales Mojo and sign in to receive your month's Sales Mojo message full of actionable, teachable, usable, and doable media sales tips and training to increase your sales mojo. Send your questions anytime to ask us at MediaSalesMojo.com and don't miss a Mojo Minute. Subscribe and never miss out on your Media Sales Mojo podcast. Happy selling.